Hey, did you know that you could help support our future projects and let everyone know you're a fan of what we do? Check out our print-on-demand store. We have a tab here on YouTube. When you click on it, you can choose from a bunch of different items. We have shirts and posters and coffee mugs. Click on the one you like. When you find the design you want to put on it, choose a color and a size if it's appropriate. And when you purchase these items, a portion goes to help fund our future projects. We really do appreciate your support. You get some cool stuff. When you get that stuff, post pictures here and on other platforms, and we'll hook you up next time you order from our gear website store. Thank you for your support of gunwebsites.com. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for about an hour. Uh, we do this uh, every evening, every weeknight. The goal is to get some things accomplished. Uh, we're not just going live because we've got nothing else to do. We're certainly not doing it for the money, and we're not doing it for the fame and fortune. Instead, I think there's a lot of things that the Internet can offer, and uh, we want to put some of that things that might be useful up there. And uh, each day, we attempt to do that with a different focus on Mondays. It's motivation on Tuesdays. It's the Second Amendment. Wednesdays, we'll do the tactical quiz, look at pop culture, guns in our society. And then on Thursdays, we take a look at travel and training, two important pieces that I'm a big fan of personally. And then on Friday, it's the industry, and we like take a look back at what other people have done throughout the week that's focused on what our Second Amendment protects. And that's what we try to do uh, with this show. And uh, thanks to those who join us live. Uh, we record this in the middle of the night uh, at midnight Eastern. It's 9 p.m. over on our side of the country. And uh, by doing it now, we don't have many uh, people corking us or doing their shows during our time slot. And that gives us the opportunity to eventually turn this into a long format show. So if you'd like to be part of that whole thing, uh, look down at the bottom of the screen. We're thanking our Patreons, the people that subscribe to what we do, make it possible for us to spend time on projects like this one. So I mentioned on Tuesdays, it's Second Amendment. So we take a look at a couple of different things on every single Tuesday. And that we do the show every week. That gives us 50 episodes per year to take a look at stuff. There's 50 states. Works out pretty good that way. So uh, we have a couple of resources out on the internet that have 
information about Second Amendment stuff, have information about uh, gunner shops and gun shows and firearms museums and uh, events. Uh, we have a bunch of different websites. Then some of those sites, or at least one of the ways to take the information from those different projects would be to compile them into an accumulation based off of each state. So that's what we attempted to do with this project. And on Tuesday's shows, this season of the Daily Gun Show, what we're doing is going through this book and checking out what we have in store for each state. Now, I guess I forgot, over on the uh, YouTube, we're going to let, if anybody shows up live tonight, they'll be voting, they'll be determining what show, what uh, state we'll be checking out next week. And I forgot to set that up. So I'll be doing that here real quick while we're live. And... Uh, Oops, this the last week, what sheet should we focus on this week? This week it'll be, I have to jump over to a different account. Tell you what, while I do that, I can already tell I'm going to need another slurp of coffee here. So why don't we have a quick commercial for a show that we do on Saturdays with our friends Tony and Clover. AskGunQuestions.com is a website that we built back in 2007. And since then, for the last 15 years, people have been able to ask questions of simple to advanced nature, and we attempt to answer them in different ways over the years. Join us now as we start a new series to answer gun questions. Okay, here we go. And close out of that. Put this here. Cut that out. That works. Try this. Looks like it did. Cut this out. So it looks like, uh, again, you're going to have an opportunity to show up here tonight. G23 is out there. Anybody else out there? We'll know if they vote or if they say stuff. Thanks for joining us. But we're going to ask the people that are here this evening, what state we're going to focus on next week. Will it be north of the Carolina? Will it be Washington State? Will it be Vermont or will it be the new York? G23 is giving us second thumbs up, second amendment thumbs up. Right on. Thank you. Thanks for hosting on Saturdays each week, a uh, live uh, conversation. Okay. I think I'm done, done clicking on stuff now. Come on, put it. My computer's being weird. All right. So uh, we do have a thing out there for you to choose which state we're going to talk about next month or how about next week i just did guzzle a bunch of coffee so we'll see if i stay awake here and this week we're talking about montana so we're going to dig in here talk about montana and we're going to talk about uh, a second amendment organization and a second amendment activist what you mean you have more things to talk about than just a state each week yes so you'll see when we have states that have a lot of stuff going on that we were able to accumulate a lot of information, then uh, they'll take up an entire page in this book. Some of the states only take up a portion of the page, the real estate on the page uh, for this project. And in those cases, we have some other stuff we'll talk about. I suspect we're going to run into that today. Additionally, uh, like I said, we talk about a Second Amendment activist that lets us talk about 50 of those each week, each year. And then uh, we'll talk about a organization. There's plenty of organizations out there tonight. We're, tonight we're talking about 
Maryland shall issue. Took me a minute to remember. So we had an uh, interview yesterday. We interviewed Kingpin from Maryland, and uh, he picked Maryland shall issue for our organization and Guns and Barbecue as our activist. So, okay, we're going to dig in uh, to the 50 States of 2A. It's a book that I put together in 2020. Thanks again to the Patreons down there that give us time to accumulate this stuff. Keep it up online on the different websites that are out there. The biggest one, the main one being Minuteman University. We take that information, and I took that information, accumulated it into this book in 2020, a couple years back, and that's what we're looking at here. One state per page, and we tried to accumulate all the information that we had in all our different projects, all our different research over the years for each of these states, and then put it together in a format so that once they're all together, uh, that they can be hopefully useful and handy. Uh, making it a small format like this, a small size book, uh, makes it uh, easy to keep on a shelf or nearby on a computer or something for having conversations or working on research. Hopefully have a lot of this information handy. Uh, I'm not a publisher or nothing, so uh, doing all this, figuring it out, using the software, like figuring out how to use the software and uh, get everything accomplished is part of the fun. So we do a lot of that stuff live. Uh, tonight, in fact, I may be going live after this show. So if there's anybody that's interested, if you're awake in the middle of the night and want to be uh, part of the after chat, or I might just go live, but I need to... Uh, do a couple more of the bayonet things and I might be able to sneak one in tonight uh, that's going live and doing the uh, 3D rendering, 3D modeling stuff. So if anybody's interested in that tonight, but uh, back in the day, back in 2020, I suspect that I said something similar and said, hey, I'll be working on the uh, the 50 states of 2A again tonight. So I'll go in there and I'll, you know, accumulate the information, put it on the page, lay it out, get it all figured out, print it 100 times wrong, and then eventually get it to where we got it like this. If you want to grab one of these that's printed correctly, feel free to grab one over at our gear website store. We'll have a commercial for that at some point during the show. And uh, you can tell this one's printed poorly because uh, it misprinted. And that's why I use it as the example here because it's getting kind of abused. All right. So uh, Montana, the uh, way we formatted this is to have uh, the top of the state, uh, top of the page. We have when they were admitted into the union. Most of the states, all but nine, have a state level uh, Second Amendment, something like in their own state constitution that similar to a Second Amendment. Some consistent information. Uh, all the states have some kind of comparative consistent information, just kind of rank them. Uh, and then just whatever information we were able to find about the organizations, the history, the activists, the industry, whatever we know that is from the state. Montana does have a lot, but it wasn't so much that it took up the whole page. So it looks like the rest of the page was filled with females and firearms. Yes, girls are allowed to shoot guns now. And we wrote down the names of the ones that are allowed to shoot guns right here. All right, so uh, let's start at the top. We got Montana, and it came into the Union in November 8th of 1889. It was the 41st state. They finally got around to it. And... That's what it looks like. Their flag is just a big blue flag with, I don't know, I guess effectively a, a state seal in color on it. So it's not a bad flag, I guess. It's not the best flag of them. I like a flag to be a lot simpler than that. I like Arizona's flag. We have a really good flag here. 
uh, their state does have a Second Amendment. They must have a Constitution. So their con their Second Amendment version of the con their version of the Second Amendment in their state Constitution. I guess I don't need the light way up in here. There is as follows: the right of any. This is Article Two of Section Twelve. The right of any person to keep or bear arms in defense of his own home, person, and property, or in the aid of the civil power when thereto legally summoned, shall not be called into question, but nothing herein contained shall be held to permit the carrying of concealed weapons. Come on, Montana. That's bullshit. What the hell? Get that out of there. I can't even believe that's in there. I had to write all these. I must have forgotten about this one. I, mean, I didn't write them, but I had to put them in this book, right? Holy moly, that's horrible. So I never noticed that last part before. But nothing herein contained shall be held to permit the carrying of concealed weapons. Montana sucks. Their Second Amendment is weird. Uh, all right, well, hopefully they'll get rid of that. I mean, they have other things that are making them good. So let's get into it. Uh Open carry, they do have open carry without a permit, okay? Uh, sometimes states require you to have a concealed carry permit in order to open carry, because that's an infringement they can create and no one challenges them on it yet. Then you got concealed carry. Since 1991, it's been shall issued with 50,000 permits issued. Now, one of the sections of this whole thing is uh, a comparative of the number of CCW permits but we can all know that 50,000 is on the very low end. I mean, that's very low. But Montana's an MMA people, so what do you expect? You would expect a lot of the people, I would think, that a lot of the people in Montana would have concealed carry, but I guess not. So that was as of 2017. They had 50,000 permits. I really would like to update this. I was already thinking about updating it, but when you think about that, the data I had when I put this together in 20 was years old. This is really old data. And we've got a lot different scene with uh, constitutional carry, right? So Montana, according to this, it says no constitutional carry. Is that accurate? I'm going to go over to Minuteman, the website where this all comes from, which is more updated than the print things, of course. We'll scroll down a little bit to a little bit more down to uh, constitutional carry. Yeah, they were number 18. So turns out Montana uh, constitutional carry one year after this was published in, in 2021 on February 18th, just after Utah, just before Iowa. 2021, we had Utah, Montana. Iowa, Tennessee, Texas. In 2021, five states came on board. In 2022, this year, Alabama, Ohio, Indiana, Georgia. We should be complaining real hard about that assault weapons ban. They should be quaking in their boots next time somebody comes up to them and says, oh, you know what, let's do, let's get after gun owners. I don't think DJ's out there, but let me grab a link to the call your senator's number. And here we go, U.S. Capitol switchboard. Can connect you, so just to say it is, uh, the Senate is 202-224-3121. 
So that's 202-224-3121. And uh, worth making a call. There's no excuse for them to think that they can drop an assault weapons ban on the world at a time like 2022. It's ridiculous. Even if it was a, I mean, there's no excuse for an assault weapons ban, but to put it out, to try to weasel it in, to try to, to, to abuse the, the stress and the situation to sneak it in, there should be consequences for that. And the only way to create consequences is to create consequences. You can't just expect consequences. They're not you know, given to us. So I figure I'd put the number out there. 202. I guess I could put it on the screen too. 202-224-3121. You can think of it like this. 202 Two, right? That's easy to remember. 2022, that's the year. 2022, and then just think 243121. 243121. There's, there's some cool way to come up with a way to remember that, too. But whatever. <clears throat> so Montana has constitutional carry. As of the writing of this, I had not put it in there yet. Suppressors for hunting. I got NA in here, but I'm going to go double check just because there is quite a bit of work being done on suppressors. Hunting with suppressors. I'm glad I looked because in 2015, they became the 35th state. So I don't know why I didn't have that in here, but uh, suppressors for hunting, okay in Montana. This is an error. State firearm, as far as I am aware, they do not have a state firearm, which is sad. So what do you think the state firearm for Montana should be? Let's see, the next is Second Amendment sanctuaries. So they've got a unique situation, a little unique situation going on there. First off, let's just recognize that the Montana Firearms Freedom Act from 2009 is uh, unique, and it is unprecedented and it is singular so just like vermont and like alaska for a long time being you know kind of stepping aside and doing different things than the rest of the country montana creating a firearms freedom act uh, in 2009 was pretty awesome and uh considering that that happened at a time when it didn't need to happen there was nothing going on just amazing that montana was so woke as to come up with that did it lead the way yeah of course it led the way it was first and every single other thing that happened was happened after it so of course it influenced everything that happened and uh, whether or not it stayed or it was perfect it was the first one of its kind and hopefully we'll continue to see it continue or that element continue uh, otherwise I don't have anything for sanctuaries, Second Amendment, Second Amendment sanctuaries there, other than the Montana Freedom Law. So either I forgot to put it in there, or they don't have any sanctuary counties or cities, which seems kind of odd. So I'd have to go check out um, what do you call it, the sanctuary county website. All right. So next we take a look at the people, the organizations, the industry, the history, the inventions that happened in the state. We've got a bunch of them. The Boone and Crockett Club was founded in 1887 in Missoula. So it's uh, 
Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett. This is a hunting organization from 1887. I think they measure the critters and they tell you if they're fat enough. I don't know what they do really, but they're uh, some kind of hunting organization. No, there's Bob, co-host of the show, international co-host, extraordinaire, uh, hanging out just above. He hangs out above Montana, making sure nobody goes north from there. Uh, then we got Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, different organization, but also hunting organization. Uh, I don't know why they call it Rocky. Oh, I guess they are in the Rocky Mountains. Um, founded in eight, 1984, also in Missoula. So what's going on with Missoula? Why they got so many organizations there? Something shady going on? I don't know. Uh, Wild Sheep Foundation started in 1974. I probably should have said that one first. Uh, Bozeman, Montana. And then we got some people to talk about. I'm going to talk about the oldest. Well, not the old. I guess she's probably oldest also. But the one from furthest away in history, and that's Mary Fields. I don't know how to do color correction, so it looks pretty shitty. But... Um, from what I understand, Mary was born a slave somewhere in Tennessee, and then she became, let's see, this was a quote about Mary. She was born some a slave somewhere in Tennessee. She became one of the freest souls to ever draw a breath, or a 38. So she was some lady who, well, some girl that was a slave, and then was sold to, I forget how it went, but she got sold, and then eventually got to Montana to work on uh like a church or something like a girl's home or something like that and eventually got herself to where i think she just bought her own freedom and then hang, hung out and had a restaurant she was like an entrepreneur she carried a 38 around super cool lady so second like amendment advocate from back in the olden days somebody like gary cooper or somebody like that some old actor had met her so that's why she's in the history because uh she was history of the local. Uh, she was locally famous, but she became more famous when somebody in one of their memoirs or something mentioned having met her. Uh, stayed at her place, like she had a boarding place or a restaurant or something. Pretty interesting. And then her place burned down, and the whole town got together and replaced it for her, put it all back together when she was an old lady. Really neat. So then we got Pat Spurgeon who was in 1984 the first marksman in history to win an Olympic gold medal. Uh, so I should say the first girl marksman in Olympic history to win a gold medal. So there was a lady before her, and I can't remember what state she's from, but she won the first medal for marksmanship as a girl in the Olympics for the United States, or maybe the first one ever, I don't remember. Uh, and then Pat Spurgeon was the first to win a gold medal. So that silver medal was won by, I can't remember her name, but maybe we'll read it here in a second. And uh, and I think it was a tie, and they flipped a coin, and the dude won. But technically, you can't have a tie in the Olympics, I guess. So technically, they both had scored the same score. And whoever she was got the bad flip of the coin got the silver, which you know, everybody was fine with, but then she, she was the first female to, to, get, to earn medal, and then Pat was the first one to earn a gold medal. All right, so we got the Montana Freedoms, Firearms Freedom Act. So for people that don't know, I think the concept of that was that since the NFA is only a thing across state lines, because the federal government only exists when states are talking to each other, the federal government really doesn't have much 
influence on the state itself or the individuals when they're just hanging out minding their business in their own state. The idea was you, I got the hiccups now. You could, where did I get these hiccups from? You could uh, build a suppressor or, all right, I got to take a break. You got like uncontrollable hiccups. I'm not saying I'm dying. I've just got probably fatal hiccups. Um, I need to drink coffee anyway. So here we go. Why don't we have a commercial for uh, this? Thanks to Foss for making that on Friday. Oh, I still got them. On Fridays, we do the weekly wrap-up. I almost drank coffee that entire time nonstop. You would think that would kill hiccups. Oh, man. All right. couple more deep breaths. We'll try that again. So where was I even at? Montana Free... Dang it. Montana Firearms Freedom Act. Man, where am I getting these hiccups from? Got a voodoo curse on me. That's messed up. Somebody put a voodoo curse on me. There's no need, there's no need for these. There's no call for them. I wasn't doing calisthenics. Come on. Um... I've never gotten hiccups like this before. It's unprecedented. <laughs> Come on. What's going on? So this is getting to be frustrating as hell. I'm going to drink again. It's trending now to use that audio uh, to put a cool hiccup uh, thing in the middle of your uh, podcast. I'm just being trendy. It's just a new trending thing on TikTok. All right. Maybe I killed him. Let's, let's just assume it did. So the Firearms Freedom Act was supposed to be a deal where if you would build something that was affected by the NFA inside your own state, um, tumor? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, pinch your upper lip. Dang it. Now they're gone. I would have tried that. I didn't know it was a thing. What do you mean? Just like with your fingers, I guess. Can't bite it. Hmm. I've never heard of that one. I'll try that one if I remember. Anyway, thanks for that. Uh, so the idea is if you did something that the NFA would normally cover within your state, whatever, boundaries, then uh, you wouldn't uh, have to worry about the NFA. You'd have to worry about whatever your state law said. So there was this uh, Montana Freedom... Firearms Freedom Act that essentially said it wasn't really everything, but it was the suppressors and whatever. I forgot how it was worded. Um, 
it wasn't necessarily something that every state could do or would do, obviously, but a couple of states did, including uh, Arizona and Texas, I believe. Uh, but what happens is uh, kind of catch-22 or the kind of frustration is there is if you're an FFL, if you're a federally licensed dealer, you wouldn't be able to do this because it says in your FFL you can't do stuff like this. So you'd have to be someone who wasn't an FFL and then had the interest in creating a factory to build things that would be covered by the NFA and then come into issue with all this. So, I mean, I'm sure there's people doing it and there's, there will be, and again, that's the kind of stuff that'd be much more interesting to hear conversations about what actually happened here, the possibilities of what could have and what did end up happening, and then the consequences, like what other states have done and, and again, what, what happened with those states. All right, so the next thing is we're getting into some of the industry. I think that's everything else. I don't have all of them well laid out real well. I'm not great at laying things out. I just tried to cram as much stuff as possible in here and make it look kind of neat, kind of like uh, an almanac, but eh, it didn't do that great. So uh, I think I missed, I caught it. I don't, I don't think I missed anything. I think I think I caught it all. So uh, last we've got is some industry stuff here. So we've got Shiloh Rifles uh, started in 1976 in New York. Uh, then moved to Big Timber, Montana, in 1983. Uh, there's uh, this Army-Navy store in Billings, and I've been to a lot of different gun shops. I've been to a lot of surplus stores, you know, as I tour this country looking for gun shops and gun shows and stuff. So I know what a surplus store can look like and good ones and normal ones and adequate ones and, you know, bad ones, I guess. Uh, Billings Army-Navy is an awesome surplus store, one of the best. Seriously, one of the best surplus stores. Cool people on top of it. Sometimes some of the best surplus stores are kind of run by jerks sometimes. They get abused, they get used for Christmas or for Halloween, I guess, and that's about it. Camping trips sometimes in Christmas or Halloween, and then uh, the rest of the time they're ignored. So sometimes they can get kind of crotchety. Not the case here. Really cool people, really cool stuff, like a real surplus store and all the normal stuff you'd want. Just such a cool place. Uh, let's see. Then you got Cooper Firearms of Montana that founded in 1990 uh, in Stevensville. I forget what they do. Right, rifles, so I'm guessing. Then you got Montana Rifle Company from 1990 to, or excuse me, 1999 to 2020. I guess they're out of business uh, in Kalispell, Kal I don't know how to say that one. Then we've got, uh, oh, I put the Oath Keepers in here. I don't know why, because I think they're getting a pretty bad rap. And then uh, Arms Corps, Rock Island Armory, Arms Corps. Uh, let's see, so Rock Island Armory makes the pistols. Arms Corps makes the ammo. Is that how it goes? So Arms Corps USA Ammo. Uh, in 1985, started their office in Nevada. Then in 2011, they opened up a second location in Montana. So their second location was in Montana, and then they had a third location, which was their second one in Nevada. So 1985, they established in Nevada and started bringing in the pistols. Uh, and then in 2011, they started in Montana with Arms Corps. The... Uh, thing that's printing right now is making a bunch of noise over there. It's distracting me. All right, so I think that's everything. And um, we'll dig into the rest of the page. So like I mentioned, whenever stuff doesn't take up the whole page,
that you to chat about some of the stuff that happened or that we have listed down below here. You know what? I'm just going to take this out because I can. So on this page, we got famous females. Now there's more than this. There's like at least four other females that are famous, but I put most of them on this list. Uh, we start back with Harriet Tubman back in the day. She was born in 1822 and she passed in 1913. Uh, she's one of her famous sayings is there's, I'll use my glasses here. There was one of two things I had a right to, liberty or death. If I could not have one, I would have the other. And I've heard some interesting stuff about her. Uh, then you got Mary Fields, boom. Stagecoach Mary, she was called. And again, she was known to carry around a 38 and not be scared of it or scared of using it. And cool lady, 1832 to 1914. So going around being a Second Amendment activist in 1832. That's like the true meaning of the United States right there. Then you got Annie Oakley in 1860. So 30 years after these ladies are, you know, dealing with becoming free from slavery, you got Annie Oakley, 1860. So just after the route, just after cartridges are made in 1850-ish, something like that. Uh, and Annie Oakley, Little Miss Sure Shot, uh, her quote is, or the one I put in here at least, is, I would like to see every woman know how to handle guns as naturally as to know how to handle babies. She's from Ohio, so Ohio gets to claim Annie Oakley. I think she lived other places, but that's where, that's the one who claims her. So Annie Oakley's pretty awesome. She was like a massive superstar. So we talk about pop, pop culture on Wednesdays on this show. One of the reasons is because guns and pop culture are hand in hand, literally, literally. And pop culture affects us all the damn time because of the narratives about guns are either intentionally or unintentionally messed with. You know, they screw with those, what do you say, like the fiction of guns gets intertwined with the legality of guns. It's an interesting thing going on there. You also have a lot of um, uh, misreporting, I guess. Anyhow, Annie Oakley started off back in the day. Wild Bill, uh, what's his name? Wild Bill's Wild West show. And uh, being a shootist, a, uh, a uh, exhibition shooter. So later on, somebody goes, hey, I guess, uh, I wonder if the horse's feet leave the ground all the time when it's running. And somebody's like, yes, they do. Somebody else is like, no, they don't. There's always a foot on the ground. Somebody said, well, what if we take this new technology of the camera, the photograph, and we put a whole bunch of photographs on a stick, and we put that stick like horizontal to the ground, and then we have a horse run over here, and then we take a bunch of pictures in a sequence as that horse is running, and we'll have a picture every so often as that horse is running, and we can look at all those pictures, and we'll know if that horse ever touched the ground, ever left the ground with all its feet. And they all went, sure, let's do that bet. And they did that, right? And then they went, oh, shit, if you'd make this, if you go like this, then, right? Make like a flip book of all those pictures that made the horse run. And they're like, oh, shit, no one's ever done that before. We never figured that out. And then guess what? Movies happened. And that happened in uh, California. What is that? Uh, Stanford, California. And now we have movies, right? So why am I talking about that? Because the guy invented the movie camera. And then he made a movie, and then he made a movie, and then he made a movie and a movie, and then he made a movie 
went to sleep one day, got up, made another movie, made another movie. And then he's like, I'm going to make the 11th movie I've ever made with this camera. The 11th time I'm turning it on and I'm making a movie out of it. Not the 10th or 12th time, but the 11th time he decided to make a movie, it was Annie Oakley shooting guns. So the 11th movie ever created after movies were invented 10 movies earlier was Annie Oakley shooting a gun on a movie. So guns and, and culture are next to each other. And ever since then, there's been like a crazy weave of uh, being cool and then people being scared because it's so cool. That's what it is. People just being scared of cool stuff. So Annie Oakley, being an amazing superhero back in the day, 1860 to 1926. Uh, she taught a ton of ladies how to shoot. So empowering ladies, all of our grandmas and, gra and great grandmas and whatever it would be for everybody, how to shoot. Also, you know, just how to be ladies that ended up running this country, right? Then you got Lillian Smith. Uh, um, she was... Uh, a little bit younger. She was 1871, so she was, what, like 10 years, 11 years younger than uh, Annie Oakley. But she basically doing the same thing. So she was running around being an exhibition shooter in, well, in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Uh, but when she was, like, 15 years old, and, you know, she kind of gave Annie Oakley a run for her money, and then eventually, I think, took over when Annie Oakley got sick of hanging out with uh, Buffalo Bill. I think that's how it went down. They should make more movies about Annie Oakley for damn sure. Then I have in the list Eleanor Roosevelt because in 1957, when she was the wife of the President Roosevelt, uh, she had a CCW and she refused Secret Service protection. She just carried around her own gun. I thought that was kind of cool since she was born in 1884 and lived till 1962. I think a lot of ladies like Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt. She's like... Uh, uh, lady, ladies look up to. Then I have in uh, the next one a lady that's still kicking, Joyce Lee Malcolm, start, uh, born in 1941. In 1994, she authored a book called To Keep and Bear Arms, The Origins of the Anglo-American Right. And that's a horribly weird sounding thing. I should have just said to keep and bear arms because really what it is is uh, a study on firearms ownership and what the keep and bear meant. And a lot of people credit uh, Joyce Lee Malcolm's work as being one of the reasons the concealed carry movement started in the 90s, or at least gave credibility and, and, uh, and academic credential to the concept of the individual right to carry a firearm instead of having to be unarmed and wait for the police to show up and help you afterwards. Then you got Margaret Thompson Murdoch, who was the first lady who I talked about, who was the first markswoman to win an Olympic medal. That would have been in 1976. And then Pat Spurgeon comes along in 1984 and wins the first gold medal. In between, uh, you've got Susanna Hupp, who unfortunately had the incident at the Luby's cafeteria place in Texas and as a consequence, she lost her parents, but she had brought the concept of disarming good people to light and went to the Texas House as a representative from for 10 years, from 12, 11 years, from 1996 to 2007. Uh, so she also is an author and is, again, one of the 
instances that created the concealed carry awareness awakening and then eventually the movement i only had limited space here so i ended it with diana mueller you could have just as easily put in another handful of ladies that are out there kicking right now uh but in uh, 2015 of course diana mueller started the dc project now before that she was a uh, police officer in tulsa oklahoma for 23 years so that's you know worthy of uh thank you by itself uh, and then she's a competition shooter uh at a professional level like a professional competition shooter sponsored a uh, team shooter type of thing but in addition to just doing that and everything that entails doing it well she's runs the ambassador academy which is uh, essentially a school to let up and coming folks kids people in the shooting sports industry slash competition field become better ambassadors for the, their sponsors and for the community. So she incorporates activism in that. And of course, the DC project is a big part of her situation. So uh, that ambassador camp academy uh, is also an opportunity to up train and give skill building to the ladies of the DC project. And we saw last week that they're able to put that into effect in, you know, effectively very well. All right, so that's Montana and some famous females from the 50 States of 2A, which is a book that if anybody wants to buy it, you can go buy it. Eventually, once I figure out Amazon, you'll be able to buy fancy published copy. Till then, uh, you get yourself a copy that I print in that printer that's sitting right over there. You might be able to see it, maybe not, underneath of that stuff right there. That's the printer we're printing them on. So uh, everything you purchase from the store goes to paying our bills here so that we can continue to focus on things that matter versus uh, having to default to the shit that pays the bills. Cause I could easily talk about boobs or movies or something stupid and I can make a lot more money and eventually they'll have to do that if it doesn't work out. But uh, till then, thanks to the people that support what we're doing through that Patreon project or people that purchase stuff at our gear website store. All right. So then Bob is saying, Eleanor was not a good looking lady by modern standards. I think back in the day, there was more of that England type of situation going on because there wasn't the brainwashing of all people are supposed to look like this, which started from the nephew of what's his face. So that's an interesting story. It turns out that the people who started all that bullshit, the whole like, oh, here, you should throw away everything and buy it again. Uh, that whole thing is what created the whole like modern you know, oh, you should wear makeup because you're ugly type of stuff. And the people who created all that, their descendants run Netflix. Dun, dun, dun. People don't go away. They just, you know, buy more stuff and become different. So, uh, yeah, definitely not by modern standards, but perhaps, depending on where you live, uh, you know, differently. Uh, and plus, I don't know. But when you say modern, I would say by maybe in the 90s but i think that nowadays in the 2020s there's less of a norm for beauty i think there's a lot more diversity in what people find attractive so i don't know if eleanor roosevelt is in there but you know what i'm saying like i think there's some there's some mix there but i definitely think like uh isn't it england that they don't they, they look at people differently like they have a different thing for beauty over there so I get the idea that she'd be like, if she was hanging out with the queen, people would be like, yeah, right on. But uh, that was also a long time ago. And again, we're brainwashed nowadays by all kinds of reasons, all kinds of influences. 
Anyhow, so uh, what else are we talking about tonight? Yesterday we had a conversation with um, Kingpin, and I'm going to start doing this, I think, letting the Monday uh, guests uh, choose the activist and the organization if they feel like it. So um, he picked Maryland Shell Issue. So I'm going to go see if I've got Maryland Shell Issue in our uh, Minuteman University project. I'm pretty sure I do. So I guess I could screen capture again since I'm not doing anything. Let me bring in Sharon here, our co-host Sharon. Screen Sharon. Thank you very much. And we'll move this over. So now we're looking at Minuteman. This is Minuteman. No frills. No ads. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, because our Patreons pay the bills. Thanks for that. Make it possible for it just to, us to just deliver the info. No editorial. Well, I editorialize my show, but no editorial on the website, just info. And we're looking for Maryland Shell Issue. So they're kind of new. They're not this new. So they're kind of new, but they're not that new. So it's going to look like a big MSI. There it is. So from 1995, I guess they're not that new, but they were newer than that. So they started in the early 90s, created to support 2A rights and awareness. So that's pretty cool. All volunteer, nonpartisan. Their president is Mark something, and they've got 2,000 something members you know, for Maryland. I don't know. So here's the dude, and here's a conversation on the bullet. I don't know if this is probably not an interview. Well, it's 20 minutes long. Yeah, maybe it is. He might even be the president. So uh, that's the what I've got for him. Let's go look at their website. Well, let me give you a quick link to our place over here so you can check it out. See what I do? Boom. Maryland shall issue. Drop that right in front. Space, space, space. Enter. Enter. Now you see Maryland shall issue and the link in the same post. Efficiency. Oh, no, I don't agree with that part, Bob. That's that's in no time. Anyway, so I guess I should say hey to people that showed up in the middle of the night to say hey. So uh, G23 course is out there. Uh, John Z, the Missouri the outcast. Then let's see. Send it to roll call. Okay. I don't know how to do that, but uh, I appreciate it. And um, so I'll, accomplish, I'll attempt to do that. I mean, I'm not trying to rip nobody off. I just don't, you know, the alt, I don't have every single kind of control in the store. The store lets me do what it lets me do. You know what I mean? But I appreciate that. Uh, I was going to tell you that uh, I got your order. I'm going to triple uh, it up or whatever that's called. Send you a bunch of stuff so you've got stuff to do giveaways and stuff. So thanks again for uh, purchasing stuff from uh, G23. Purchase stuff from or grabbed a stand from RNL Displays, a place in New York that makes pistol displays and rifle displays. So you can look at your guns that you like so much. Uh, made out of wood in New York by handcrafted artisans and... Uh, he grabbed one of those and then got a $25 gift certificate and we got to work out the other gift certificate and uh, the stuff you grabbed with the gift certificate. Like I say, I'll triple that up so you've got some stuff to give away. Thanks again for supporting Rob and the store. Much appreciated. Then uh, everybody's saying hey to each other. Oh, I say Krabby Turtle is out there. And then 
John is saying, found today a company that does shows with vendors. It's called, oh, you mean a gun show place, RK shows? I'm trying to think. I think I've been to some RK gun shows before. So if it's the ones I'm thinking of, dude, I don't remember where you're at. In, no, no, wait. I don't really remember where you're at in Missouri. But there's. I've been to a show in Missouri. I'm trying to remember if I've been to more than one. But I've been to this one show in the tri-state area. You know, yeah, they call it the tri-state area, Missouri, Arkansas. No, it's a five-state show. It's Arkansas, Missouri, Illinois, Tennessee, a four-state show. So they call it a quad state show. Maybe Anyway, it's a really neat show. And that one was really cool. Like it was a really cool show. So I don't know if you're around there, but if you are, if that was RK, then yeah, you're in for a treat because that was a really good show. It wasn't huge, but it was a good show. It wasn't, it was a really, a really, gun, a real gun show. Uh, let's see. Zimbabwe. Uh, let's see. So everybody else is checking out. So thanks for showing up. And now we'll get back to the Maryland shell issue. Uh, it's difficult to be nonpartisan when it comes to gun rights. I guess so. Depends on, I, I mean, it probably depends on where you live too. I can be nonpartisan in Arizona pretty easy because nobody really cares about nothing here. Uh, if you go to some places, I suspect if you go to some places, you don't get the choice as easy. And that might be a bigger concern. But uh, that's the pluses and minuses of having a bunch of people around, you know, living in a high population area, I guess. So then we get to, oh, I was going to jump over to their website. Maryland Shell Issue has a website. We know that they've been around since the 90s. So their website's decent. It's not all fancy. It's just a picture with some drop downs and eh, got a little bit of extra garbage going on at the top there not too bad and it's not trying to push anything over on you it's just got that picture looks like it's a little bit of a whatever you call this thing slideshow looking thing which ain't too bad and then you get uh, their logo right off the bat much appreciated you don't have to think about where you are you you know where you are uh, Maryland shall issue self-defense is a civil right kind of breaks it down right there right off the bat when they say civil right you know that they're gonna be coming at it from that angle and not the my property type of angle or the we're so scared or we just want to fight you. So usually that's a pretty good angle. Uh, Maryland shall issue. Looks like they've got a statement from their governor here. I don't know why. It makes it boring. You have to read a bunch of stuff. Then they've got some picture of some kind of a tracker. Uh, Maryland General Assembly, so they have some kind of a bill tracker. Oh, it's just, it actually is right here. So I thought it was a screenshot. It's actually a nerdy looking thing. It's, it's handy, just looks kind of nerdy right off the bat, but that's kudos to them. This is well coded. So this is a real page. So he knows what they're doing. Uh, so any kind of layout or uh, issues I might have. Uh, I'll shut up about because they're putting a lot of effort into this. Now, it says it's made by this thing down here, so they might be paying a bunch of money for it. I don't know. But it seems effective. They got a bunch of stuff right on the main page. You don't have to go dig around for it. And it's interesting enough that a new person's still going to have something to move their eyes around on. Uh, as far as what they've done, do they have something like 
know, our accomplishments. Looks like they're just straight into it. Now, that's one of the problems that organizations have is they get into it and they start doing it. And then the people doing it are just like, here, let me roll up my sleeves and start doing it. And then people go, oh, look what they're doing. And they throw, you know, they give them the resources to continue to do it. Very rarely do they go back and start looking at what they've done. What happens is the people that ain't doing squat stand have plenty of time to stand around and see what's been done and they'll start taking credit for it. So I'd like to see an organization devote some amount of time. I understand it can be frustrating to spend time talking about yourself, but talking about what they've done, at least making it easier to see here because I don't see it anywhere. Uh, let's see. So they've got a lot of info. That's handy. It's kind of current. It's a little boring, but I'm sure somebody that doesn't know what's going on is going to want to read. Seeing a bunch of pictures is handy for somebody who knows what's going on to help navigate. But if you're actually trying to absorb info, picture pictures is going to dissuade you from thinking it's legit. So I'm not going to read all this, but I'm going to assume that. I mean, it looks a little bit like a lot, but let's assume that it's good data. It's the problem with data is you have to put it, you have to put it up there, so people have to be interested in reading it. I think they do a pretty decent job of mixing pictures with data. There's a lot of data and I don't know. I think they could do some branding or some marketing, whatever it's called, to just kind of tie everything together. The MSI is the only logo that it's consistent. So some consistency maybe would be good, even if it's just branding all the pictures or marking them. Oh, snap. What's all this about? So they've got some kind of carry permit updates with a fancy looking map happening. But you know, just a bunch of articles, I guess. So that's pretty cool. I don't know what's going on with this uh, system. What are they using here? Powered by directive, but there's no link to it. So I don't know what that means. So directive is either somebody that works with them and just put their name on there without a link, or it's the system that they're using. Usually systems put a link so that you can go buy their system, you know. Oh, interact, two-way friendly businesses. Snap, I'm all about this. And this makes me feel like they're coding it. I don't know what this directive is, but interesting. Well done, whatever they're using. They picked a good version of it. Seems pretty responsive and decent. My computer's not good and it's working fine. So uh, I like the whole idea of a resource of gun-friendly places. I don't know if I'm down with the idea of it being just available, but, you know, not to members, but that would be a discussion for them, I guess. So what do we got here? We got firearms instruction, gun ranges, gun stores, and gunsmiths. Are these opening new windows every time? Well, that I don't like. What's up with that? I don't know it has it set to open a new tab every time. Anyhow, this thing, I guess it's not exactly what I was thinking. This is a bunch of gun ranges and gun stores and stuff, but it doesn't have like restaurants and you know, place to buy a tuxedo or whatever. I mean, if I'm in, in my Maryland, I'm probably buying a tuxedo and I want to buy it from a 2A friendly tuxedoist. But we got, uh, is it going to know? Tell us how many? Not really. So just kind of scroll. There's a lot of gun shops. 
Thirty. Oh, they are numbered. Okay, so we've got fifteen items in here. A couple of different gun shops, and then ice training. Not sure if they're paid for that or not. I'm trying to remember. If, I think I've been to two or three gun shops in Maryland. So I'm going to click on gun stores. Hmm, it's a subsection of the 15. So there's only 15 altogether. And I don't think I've been to these particular ones, but I'm not sure. It's been a long time. But they're on a map here, so you can see them. Well, I definitely haven't been to those. I don't like how their map is. Okay. Maybe if I quit clicking a button, it would work better. Okay, no, I've been to, okay, yeah, I know what's going on here. So this is, somewhere up here is Ann Arbor. No, not Ann Arbor. Um, Annapolis. So I've been up somewhere around here. All right, so then you got some interactive stuff there with that. That's nice. We got podcast. What's up with that? Good and substantial MSI podcast. Discuss things related to Marylanders' rights. I'm almost positive that occasionally, um, whatever Makojo is called now, Krabby Turtle would say that he's listening to the MSI podcast. So this must be what he's talking about. So there must only be three of them. So they must have just started. So that's kind of cool. So they're going to go over and check out. Hey, uh, Mr. Panic, you have some rebuttal time. Thanks, brother. I think the state is willing to understand the legal cognizable interest here. This is okay, so they're not farting around. It looks like it's all just plain old talking about nerdy 2A stuff, which kind of three episodes and no dates on it. That's the problem. So I can't tell when they actually went up. I guess I could look on Apple Podcasts. See what happens. Okay. 2020, 2020, and 2020. So maybe these didn't just go up. Or maybe these just went up in 2020. Oops. But uh, they post their new ones on uh, YouTube or something like that. That could be. But their, their website seems pretty up to date. All right, let's see what it costs to join. Maryland shall issue. Well, let's see. It's affordable. 100% of your dues go to advocacy. You can get your $25 member for one year. You could be a $50 member, $75 member, or you could be a $500 member for one year. Or you can be a student member, or you could be a lifetime member for $1,000. So that's the way to provide the highest financial support needed to fight your Second Amendment rights. And that's a life membership. So it's equivalent to, you know, a couple of corporate memberships, a couple of years worth of corporate membership, or 20 years worth of regular membership at the $50 level, something like that. So uh, you can just donate to them. That's nice of them. And they've got a lit 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 litigation fund. Uh, they can, you can donate funds directly and specifically exclusively for their legal fights. It's like they got a bunch of data here. I don't know. Whatever this directive is, I'm okay with it. And 
at least on this glance of it, it looks like a pretty solid thing. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to use or dealt with MSI, uh, Maryland Shell issue, but I'm a big fan so far. So uh, from what I understand, they do good stuff. And that was our thing for the day, our organization for the day. I don't remember if I put the, I think I did put the link for it. No, all I did is put the link over on Minuteman. So I'll put another one here. Bob's taken off. Have a good one. Bob's got a real problem with Maryland, so he doesn't really want to sit through listening to this much talk about Maryland. There we go. Boom. So next we're talking about guns and barbecue. Uh, I don't need a screen share, I guess. Barbecue is a dude in Pennsylvania who hit the scene a while back now, a couple years back, and, oh, I don't know, a year or more ago, decided to start doing shows on the regular and uh, move from just a couple of shows here and there to shows on the regular to uh, multiple projects on the regular. Brought in DJ to help him out, and uh, they ended up running a pretty consistent show with just a couple of path changes throughout the run and i guess i don't know i guess it's over now and then uh for a bit there he did the 2a women wednesday where he uh invited ladies in from the second amendment realm and interviewed them on a fairly regular basis on wednesdays and i think you could see from that i don't know people paying attention to that could see the uh uh, appreciation from the ladies when they would be uh, invited to have a conversation about them and their projects. So uh, did a great job with that. And we'll see if he continues to work on that. And uh, otherwise, he's been active in a lot of the other projects that are out there. So uh, a lot of people come in and drop their projects down and walk away and drop their opinions down and walk away. And then there's a certain bunch of people that'll do uh, you know, just participate in multiple ways. And that's one of the things that barbecue has been able to do. And I think, uh, at least in my opinion, I don't know, I'm, I don't get inspired the same way and I don't, you know, stay inspired the same way as other people, obviously, but it seems inspirational that he would spend uh, the time he chooses to spend on things like Second Amendment advocacy and appreciating those folks that are getting jobs done instead of following recipes. So I don't know. I think most of the people that are listening to this know Barbecue because he hung out on this show for a long time uh, before they ditched out to rip off this show earlier in the day. And uh, you know, then, of course, through the lawsuits and the, uh, the back and forth through the headlines and all the, the uh, back and forths that we had through the lawyers and stuff. But um, aside from that, I think a lot of people knew him uh, from his show. So I'm assuming people know who we're talking about, but if you don't, it's Guns N Barbecue over on the YouTubes. And I believe he's on all the platforms, really. Seems like he uses the face or the uh face the I'm saying Facebook so much. He's using the YouTube the most. Although I have no idea if he's using Facebook. He never really talks about it. He might be using Facebook all the time, for all I know. But uh he doesn't use the Instagram too much. And yeah, again, and we're talking about somebody who I think everybody knows. So, yeah, we'll put a link to Barbecue's show in here. 
and we'll have link to barbecue and the uh, Maryland chat issue in the description of the video. I am about at an hour and nobody's saying anything anymore. Guns and Water saying goodnight to Biker Bob and he took off, but otherwise, uh, I think we might have run everybody into the wee hours of the evening. We do this overnights so that we can own the time slots. We don't have to have anybody bugging us and us uh, to appreciate those folks that are resetting the planet, that are building everything overnight, that uh, clean everything and get everything kind of refilled so that tomorrow everybody can not appreciate any of it and just assume that everything happens magically. So those folks are often working, doing their thing. So we do get appreciation from those people. They, they support us on the uh, Patreon. Many of our Patreons are in those positions. So we're happy to uh, do the show, even if we don't get a bunch of feedback from the live, quote unquote, asleep audience. But I uh, do appreciate the folks that uh, uh, give us some feedback in the uh, comments wherever we post this. That's another way to know that you're out there or another way to let us know that you're out there. With that, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. I think we've accomplished everything we're supposed to tonight and maybe a little bit more. Uh, Ting Ting's out there. Good evening. And uh, we will wrap this up with another commercial for our store. We've got some 3D printed stuff again. Uh, the printer is hot, so I don't like running the printer when it's super hot out. It's hot during the day still, but it is getting nicer at night. It's raining right now even. So uh, we've got the printer running. Been working on some uh, what do you call them? bayonet 3D prints. So those will be available in the store soon. And if you're interested in grabbing stuff to help promote or help to support what we're doing here and uh, get in on maybe something we're going to be working on here for people that want to paint some of the 3D printed stuff. Because these things look kind of neat, but I bet you they could look pretty cool in real color. Right now they're just solid black. Um, we'll be poking around with that a little bit. So since I got this done within an hour, I might go live here or not live, but I don't know, I might go live, depending on how many people show up or not. But uh, if you're interested in an off-air, let me know. If you're interested in another live thing, let me know. I do have uh, some time, and or I'm going to sneak some time in here, and I do have one, a couple more bandits I need to make in 3D. And hopefully, well, the last one I did took two hours, but it had a lot of detail to it that I didn't expect so this next one should be pretty straightforward it should be just about an hour but anyway if you're interested i know a lot of people have checked out for the evening but if you're interested in uh, an off-air or another live one let me know uh, while it's uh middle of the night for a lot of people it's it's not even 10 30 here so uh i am going to end this one i'll say thanks again to the folks out there guns and water ting ting and i think everybody else went to sleep but uh We'll be back tomorrow with, uh, oh, we're having a technical quiz on Wednesdays. So be an interesting one again tomorrow. Uh, guns in the movies. So we like to uh, occasionally, um, what do you mean? A regular bayonet or one of the printed ones? The printed ones I got all over the place. The real ones are all way like in another place, like in another thing underneath the place in a thing. So they're a little bit more of a pain to get to. Um, but I could turn the camera on and show you those other ones. Super easy. They're just sitting here. In fact, I was just taking pictures of them earlier. And one of the things I could do is 
take those pictures and put them into uh, um, the store. Let me, uh, what's wrong with this thing? Why isn't it moving? What the hell? Somehow my cart thing here is not moving. No reason for it to not move. Okay, I guess one of the wheels was locked. I think I have all four of them here. will work yeah that works pretty good so they're not that they're not that big I'm gonna take up again they're not that big this one is I guess a little over four inches the rest of them are 100 centimeters so that makes them right about four inches got your km87 which is a German survival knife uh, made into a bayonet so I've got some of the details. I've got a lot of the side detail profile things going on. And I tried to attempt to use techniques that will give me a final product with some interesting look to it. But they're not necessarily dimensionally accurate because there's just some things like the angle on the grip that I'm just not able to accomplish. Sometimes I can. This one they came out with a pretty good angle on the top, but not on the bottom. So uh, trying to get you know some of the major details out of them. So we've got... A lot of detail going on this AK-74 one. However, I'm not a real fan of this loop. I think I made it too wide this way. Uh, then we've got the uh, standard Type 2. I was officially printing them down here like this. And that was making the bottom of them look like garbage. This whole side looked like junk because I was printing them like this. So I started printing them like this. Standing up off the bed like a tower. And now this is the only part that touches the bed, and nobody can tell, really. And they come out freaking neat. So we got the Type 2, AK-74, and then the uh, KM-87, which is the bayonet, but with a survival blade. Or I mean, with a survival kit in the handle. And there's some extra stuff going on with the blade and stuff. And then this is the Spetsnaz machete, which has nothing to do with anything other than it's awesome. And I figured, let's make a Spetsnaz machete if I'm making a bunch of bayonets. And then that way, like I said, I think it'd be kind of neat to see these things painted. So I might, uh, well, it's kind of raining here now. So I guess I won't be painting nothing. But maybe when it dries out, I'll uh, primer these things. Right, had a sneezing fit, hiccuping and sneezing all night. What's going on? So uh, anyhow, like I say, this would be neat to see printed. They're not necessarily letter openers. They're not sharp or anything. I'm just making them into little things to look at or whatever, maybe. I don't know. I mean, they're 3D prints, so I could zoom them down and make them the size of, I mean, I guess I could make them the size of Legos, but I could make them the size of like G.I. Joe's things or something. Or I don't know what size this would be. I think these are probably a little bit too big to fit on a, Ghost, or what else things called, the goat gun, but I could uh, 
scale it up and down easy enough to fit on a goat gun. Mainly, I just wanted to see what it would look like to have little tiny versions and to uh, learn more of the techniques for the 3D printing stuff. So now these files, the files that make these things will be available once I can kind of tidy them all up and, and make them look nice. I'll put them on the uh, Cults 3D. We have links to that all over where we uh, put these things. And then if somebody wants to buy a print or buy a uh, file, they can buy the file cheap and then print as many as you want. And then that helps us you know, keep doing what we're doing if somebody wants to buy one. Otherwise, you can just like you know, print it. It's not a big deal. But uh, otherwise, uh, if they want to buy a printed one, we'll have those in the store. So it take, this one takes a couple hours. These take a little bit over an hour to print, depending on the detail and how much time it takes. But they don't take a lot of plastic. And, you know, an hour isn't a very long time for a print. So we'll be uh, putting some of these on the store and you know, just having a little fun as we learn how to continue to uh, learn the software. So it's kind of boring for people that are listening Ornaments? Yeah, they would be actually pretty good. I have, you know, the holes that are in them are in them. So they all have a hole for, uh, usually there's a hole from here to here for some reason. I'm not sure why. And that little detail, I guess I didn't put it in all of them, but I could, I guess. But anyhow, there's holes in most of them. Uh, so they could easily have little wire dealy and make them in the, in the hangers. I never thought about that. There must be somebody out there that wants a little bit, a bunch of bayonets as hangers or as ornaments. So yeah, maybe I'll, uh, I'll think about that. So uh, I've been thinking about how to paint them. You know, I might be able to just dip them into a thing of silver paint or something, if that works. And then uh, dip them into a thing of orange paint. And then dip them into a thing of black paint. Do it relatively quick, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it won't work like that. Anyway, it's a neat thing to play with, and like I say, I need to get the one on this side of it, The well, actually, two more on this side of it, the, the first AKM Type 1, and then the AK-47. That'll be the majority. This one didn't need to exist, and this one I just did for fun, because I like it, but uh, I need to get these four, and I've only got two of the four kind of figured out yet, so... Uh, Hopefully, the first, the second one here will be a version of this, so it should be pretty quick. And then the other one is very simple design, so hopefully it'll go pretty quick, too. This one only took, this one probably took the least amount of time to create the 3D render of, even though it takes the longest time to print. But it takes the longest time to print because it's just a little bit bigger, so there's just more stuff in it. It takes longer to put the stuff down. All right, there we go again. That's the... Uh, 3D print project in process. Uh, do we have a poll going? We did. I almost forgot about the poll. So it looks as though with 13 votes, thank you very much. Uh, I guess I can flip back to make it Sharon back over here. Sharon, please wake up, come back. Thank you. And boom, North Carolina, 38%. Washington, 31%. Vermont, 15%. Newark, 15%. So we'll put that into the notes. Next week, stay tuned for an invigorating discussion of Second Amendment in North Carolina. Until then, uh, have a good evening. And uh, tomorrow is Cape Gunworks. That's worth listening to. Uh, 
radio show from a gun shop in uh, Massachusetts. They have a fun uh, couple of hours uh, recording and uh, streaming the recording of their show, their radio show. And then uh, Chris from 740 has an interesting panel discussion. Normally, I don't know how it's going to go tomorrow because he just got back from a competition shoot. And that's probably going to be interesting. Well, it'll definitely be interesting, but it'll probably be a different format, I think, than his typical reloading one. But uh, you have a 3D scanner. Haven't used it yet. Dang, that'd be interesting. I have not yet played with a scanner. I've been starting from scratch, you know, just starting with lines and creating out of nothing in a drawing. But I'm definitely, you know, I need to do that to learn the tools. Once I know the tools, I'm definitely interested in getting a scanner to be able to get real scans of things and then be able to use the tools to touch up the scans to make them perfect or whatever. But uh, yeah, that's pretty neat. I've, I've heard of a couple of people that got them. One day, whenever I get some time to do it, I'll, can, I'll uh, try out using some of the webcams or telephones I've got to try to be a scanner using software. But uh, for now, I just steal an hour away here and there. And the longer I talk here, the less time I have over there. So I guess I will end it. But thanks again to uh, Guns, Guns Water for, uh, um, what is it, Guns and Water? For uh, chiming in here at the end here, having a bit of feedback here at the end. All right, with that, I will hit this button. Wait, am I missing something? No. All right. This button, and here we go. Tonight's episode, The Endangered Species. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. for supporting our projects if you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee check out our patreon channel the guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a ccw class every year practice at least once a month and carry every day thank you for watching gunwebsites.com